0: Glory to the glory of God. This morning we said no respected Jew in the first century would ever say the word wonderful. We had a wonderful day, you would never say it. Because the word wonderful was reserved for God. He is wonderful. He is marvelous. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Everlasting Father. Hallelujah. This is worship. We come here to exalt Him. We come here to reverence Him. We come here to sing to Him. We come here to wave to Him. We come here to applaud Him. Because why is that was, was slain our father our god we thank you for the lordship of jesus christ for it is by him we live move and have our being god speak to our hearts come into our tents give us rest and relaxation help us not to worry or fret but to trust you and you alone. Thank you for your lordship and have your way today, in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's give our choir a hand clap. Come on. Up. Oh. Come on, baby. Uh, I want my African couple to come up. I want Yvette, who's from Puerto Rico, to come up. Come on up. I want you to greet. Come on, baby. I want you to greet the congregation in your native tongue. Come on, baby. Buenos dias, hey, Matthews. Yeah. Amen. Bienvenidos a todos. Gracias por estar aquí hoy. Hoy es día de la comunión, de recibir al Señor. Bienvenidos. Gracias. Dios los bendiga y que tengan un buen día. Thank you for being here. Welcome. We greet you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good morning or good afternoon, the church, the congregation. We thank the Lord Almighty for His goodness, for His kindness, for His mercies that endureth forever. Amen. On and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. All right. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Wasn't that beautiful? And and praise Jesus. Or would you rather me say am I right about it? Hallelujah. Amen. We're in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Praise the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 3. Amen. And I want to pick up on verse 6 through 9, 6 through 10. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him where art thou and he said I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself this morning our subject is stop hiding stop hiding military special forces when in the bush fighting the enemy tend to wear camouflage fatigues in order to hide to blend in to their surroundings without detection of the enemy. And in a similar sense, we too, when we are afraid or full of fear, apprehensive, full of fractures, and needing affirmation, fatigued, we too become camouflaged with a covering which hides us in the bush of humanity we hide because of our history our hurts and our past hindrances we can smile but be hiding we can be cordial but be hiding we can pretend That everything's fine, but be hiding. And it's interesting that when we are hidden, we are scared like Gideon. That Gideon in Judges 6 through 8 was threshing wheat at night as the Midianites approached. And the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, approached him, pre-incarnate, and said, Thou mighty man of valor. And I guess Gideon said, Who are you talking about? Who are you looking around? God always pronounces what we're going to be. Not what we are. Well, slick like Jacob. The word Jacob means slanderous, slick one who constantly came up with schemes to deceive his brother Esau and to steal the birthright that was not his, to steal. Or severed like Peter. With all Peter's opinions and impulsiveness as the lead disciple, Peter was probably the most broken. Jesus had to. Come alongside and fix him. Hmm. The interesting thing about camouflage fatigues is that as you are in the bush with your rifle and they, the enemy cannot detect you because you're blending in with your surroundings, is, is that if a of wind comes a certain way or reflection of light, it exposes you. Wind and light are representative of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit can come when you think you're not detected and undetect you, that the Holy Spirit can come along and help us to see and help others to see what we don't want them to see. Why do we hide? Why do we keep hiding? The danger is we're hiding because there's been some hurt we're hiding because there's been some hurt and, and the fact of the matter is you're hiding mostly from the ones that love you the most and the danger is you can keep hiding and moving away until they for the sake of peace will stop trying to get close you break your own intimacy in half Because they're no longer going to try to be rejected. They're just going to move away. And you're going to be left thinking you're not loved when you are. I hide. I hide when I'm fearful. I hide when my feelings are messed up. I hide. At times when I feel fractured, we all hide. I'm not a person in this sanctuary doesn't I? Amen. Good morning. How are we? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm fine. How's the fact? Oh, everybody's great. Hmm. Keep hiding. Hide, go, seek. And salvation is to know God initially. Sanctification is to know God increasingly. And spiritual maturity is to know God intimately. We can never reach the intimate because we keep hiding. I don't trust you with my feelings, so you keep hiding. I don't want to tell you this, but you keep hiding. God... Is a God of open and honest communication. Mm. I remember the episode in Exodus, and I didn't say this this morning. When, when Moses, who had met all of God's prerequisites, Moses was loved by God, and Moses was up in the mountain with God. I think it was chapter thirty-four. I'm not sure, but Moses said. Uh, Lord, show me your face. And God said, uh, I can't show you my face. What I'll show you are the, uh, listen, are the exhausts of my glory. But here's what I'll do, Moses. I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. The cleft of the rock was Jesus. I'll hide you in Jesus and let you see my hind parts. Lord, have mercy that when I, when I come past, you can praise my exhaust system of glory. Do I have a witness? Child of God, child, child of God, child of God, child of God. And, 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 and the day, the day, the day, the day, the renewing of the mind is a series. The renewing of the mind causes changes. Once my mind is renewed, I can't just live and talk and be the same way anymore. It, there, there are changes in life. And then the challenges of the renewed mind is restoration. I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. I'll come when you come. I'll show up when you show up. And today the, the renewed mind is not being camouflaged. Not being camouflaged. Remember old David's son who wanted the kingdom. <laughs> Absalom was a pretty... He was a good-looking young man with great hair, and Absalom went to the gate of the city, and won the people's hearts, so he could turn on his father David. Y'all ain't getting this, you know. White people are always cordial and trying to pull you in. They got a they got a secret agenda. And the story goes on that after he won everybody's heart. David was on the run with his mighty men. Joab caught him and cut his head off. He didn't see the sword nor the tree that hung his head up. He just thought, once I win the people's heart, I'll get the kingdom. No, no, God determined who gets the kingdom. It's tight, but it's right. Every personality in the Bible is sitting in church. Even down to Judas. The kissing one who don't mean you no good. Can I get a witness? Y'all ain't gotta say, man. Let me look at the clock. The fact the fact of the matter is, is that when we look at Genesis three, we see a hiding from God because of a fear of deception. Insecurities. Insecurity, insecurity. Look and and I already read you the text, and then we're deception to hide, camouflage. Now here's here's Adam and Eve and and, and of course uh, this is nothing about sex or sexism. The woman was deceived not the man. I'm saying that for a reason. Doesn't mean women are weak. It just means in this story Satan chose to deceive the woman. Why didn't Satan come to Adam? Because Adam received God's word directly. It was Adam that God gave his word to. Adam knew what God said. The woman got it indirectly so the devil could challenge her in Bible study. It's tight. Amen. So the quickest way to throw somebody off course is to start asking them questions. Did God say? Did God say that you couldn't? And she said, oh, no, no, God said we can eat up every tree. And God said, but don't touch it. Well, God never said don't touch it. That was Eve's interpretation. And she was deceived. And the Bible says she gave to her husband to eat, and he did eat. But he sinned willfully. He sinned with his eyes open. And, and as I pull back from Genesis 3, I kind of understand why he sinned woefully. Because in chapter 2, he just had finished naming all these animals. It was him and animals. Hippopotamus, rhinoceros, horse, mule, cow. And then when God took, put, put him to sleep, took a rib and made the woman, uh, Adam came out and said, Wow! She's a she's bad. Doc. So when Eve sinned and God and, and Adam figured God was going to kill her, he said, I'm not going back to the mountains. where she goes. I'll go when she falls. I'll fall. So he just went on to eat, and both of them fell into sin. Thank you, Jesus. And here's what I want you to see, because there are some metaphors here you and I need to understand. That is, in verse 7, and the eyes of them both were open to what? Good and evil. They were only open to good. Now they're open to good and evil, and they knew that they were naked. So the first thing that happened, they learned about shame, guilt. Are y'all with me? That's why we turn the lights out. Because the old nature makes us feel shame, guilt. Mm hmm. Whatever. <laughs> and they sold fig leaves as aprons fig, fracture, insecurity, guilt leaves, loneliness, I used to know this stuff, loneliness, emptiness, uh, I guess awareness, venom, whatever. Just make it up. E.S. They were messed up. And what we do when we feel naked is we come up with our own covering. See, clothes could be your covering. You dress so nice that people ain't paying attention to how crazy you are. They looking at your clothes. Man, you sure can dress. You just as batty as a fruitcake. Or you're opinionated about everything. You you know everything. Ain't been ain't been as far as Atlantic City, but you know everything about the world. Did you know in Paris? Yeah, I know all about Paris. Ask me. Ain't been to Wildwood. Always got to draw attention to ourselves. That's a covering. You're hiding something. And and that's what we do. We hide. We're naked. We, We sow fig leaves. And then they hid themselves from God, uh, and he said, why did you hide, verse 10, because I was naked, vulnerable to the venom. And God comes along and says, who told you he was naked? Have you eaten of the tree I told you not to eat? See, there are repercussions for disobedience. And the moment we're disobedient, then we have a nerve to displace anger. So Adam says, the woman you gave me. No, no, let's stop Paul's Give, Give the boy some credit. Don't we blame our stuff on somebody else? If I hadn't married you, I'd be happy. You was full of hell before I married you. Somebody need to preach it. Why do you blame your stuff on somebody else? When I was in the military during the Vietnam era, and this this is a true story, 1969, I was, I went in 68, 69, I was stationed in Savannah, Georgia, Hunter Army, Airfield. And guys knew that they were getting, they they were getting ready to go to Vietnam. They already told us, most of y'all ain't coming back, you're going to get killed. This guy went into the psychiatrist's office. This is a true story and sat down with the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist on base said, son, how can I help you? He said, well, and he didn't say nothing about Vietnam, but he sat there and he quoted the whole song, Cloud Nine. So the psychiatrist said, well, tell me about yourself. He said, the childhood part of my life wasn't very pretty. I was born and raised in the slums of the city. It was a one-room shack, the slum." Well, the psychiatrist, ain't know the song. By the time he finished the song, psychiatrist said, you out of here. That's true. He said, this boy's crazy. Mm. He didn't go to Vietnam either. But child of God, you, you and I need to understand what is it that makes me hide, cover up, camouflage? Why can't I be open and honest? You're afraid of rejection. So we cover ourselves in religiosity. We cover ourselves in relationships that won't require intimacy. Mm-hmm. we cover ourselves because we have partaken of that forbidden fruit. My Lord. And and let me say this to you that when we when we look at this, uh, so God comes along and says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Adam, I'm going to deal with you first and I'm going to deal with Eve and I'm going to deal with Satan. I'm going to deal with everybody that was involved in this ordeal. And then verse 22, I'm going to put an angel with a flaming sword in front of this tree so you can't damn yourself forever. Oh, that's love. I'm going to put you out of the garden. But when we feel vulnerable, We have our hiding spots, don't we? Bedroom, living room, TV, Facebook. Just me and my computer. The computer will never come back and condemn you. The phone won't jump out of your hand and say, you're the problem. We have hiding places. God says, I want you. To take off the camouflage and trust me, stop hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Hmm. never get when we were teenagers, uh, this man had a pell-mell, you know, hanging out of his m- mouth or a camel, one of them old cigarettes. And he started coughing. <laughs> and we said, man, let the cigarette go. He wouldn't let that cigarette go, man. He held that thing. He's coughing on this side, the cigarette was on this side. Let it go. <sighs> True freedom is the ability to trust God with the final results and to come out in the open and allow yourself to be seen as God sees you. Hmm. Look at the second thing here in this text. Not in this text, but uh, not, not only hiding, but hiding not only, Lord have mercy, from the guilt of our sins, but from the grief of our fractures. Turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21, real quick. St. John chapter 21. We'll get there. Come on now. New Testament. Fourth gospel. Can I get a witness? John John chapter 21. It's the fishing ex- expedition. And here, here, here's what I said this morning: that and I know in the CIA is what they, they, they have operatives that go deep cover. Deep cover means. If you get caught, you're on your own. We don't know you. Uh, Deep cover means you are so deep in cover, nobody knows you work for the CIA. That's deep, deep cover. Are y'all with me? Some of us in church are in deep cover. Deep, deep, deep cover. How deep? Real deep. And when you look at chapter 21, very interesting, chapter 20, uh, Jesus, the resurrected Christ, appeared to disciples the second time when Thomas was present, because Thomas wasn't present the first time, and Thomas said, my Lord, my God, and then the Bible says, after, I love this, after these things, Bible student, chapter 21, Jesus showed himself again to disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and the story goes like this, Peter, Peter, the lead disciple said, guess what, guys? I'm going back fishing. Yeah. Now, 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 please don't just run over that. I'm going back to what I know. I'm a professional fisherman. I'm going back to what's relaxing. All of this fighting between demons and angels and All this mess with the Sanhedrin council. I'm going back fishing. When we are broken, we want to go back to familiar territories. Oh, man, this thing is tight. We don't want to venture out anymore in the name of Jesus. We want to go back. Now, I I, I tried one fishing trip here at the church. Juan Peterson, yeah, I'm going to call his name. Lorna Darby, all of them. It, it, it must have been 40 of us on that boat. We rented a boat, we went way out, 125 feet of water, couldn't even see land. I got my small son with me, father-son expedition fishing. Everybody on the ship threw up, nobody caught anything. I said, Some of y'all are in sin. Let's just call your name Jonah. Somebody's in sin. Now I don't get no joy throwing a hook in the water, Dad, and sitting there four hours and ain't nothing biting. I can go down and knife and Christian and buy a fish. You got to fool with that dog. That ain't no fun to me. You know what's fun to me? I throw it in the water and something got it. That's what's fun to me. I wasn't catching nothing. So, no, I don't want to go on no fishing trips. Then I thought the boat was going to sink because somebody was in sin on that boat. So the fact that the matter, Lee was trying to put another trip together. But the fact of the, the matter is they returned to old grounds. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can illustrate this. I'm tired of the ministry. I'm tired of dealing with problematic church folk. And they all up in there. You can look at their eyes in the morning. Good morning. God bless you. We love you. We are praying for you. So I said, you know what? I'm tired. Of this. I'm going back in the world. I'm going back to what I used to have fun doing. Sin. They got in the boat, went out to the Sea of Tiberias. And the Bible says they toiled all day and caught nothing. When you're out of the will of God, God ain't going to let you catch nothing. You can't go back. Once you've been saved, born again, I know the temptations are there. You can't enjoy sin no more. I tried it. You can't go back. Things have changed. You you got a paraclete and a person on the inside. He is the comforter who will bring discomfort. He's not going to let you enjoy what he pulled you out from. Uh, do I have a witness up in the house? And, 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 and so tell the God, they, they toiled all day and caught nothing. And here goes Jesus on the shore, the resurrected Christ. He said, hey, children in the Greek. Uh-huh. You're children because I got to teach you all over again. Right, Have you caught anything? We've caught nothing. Throw the net on the other side. And we're not talking about an ocean liner. We're talking about a rowboat about four feet wide. Throw the net on the other side, four feet, and I got a programmed school of fish that's waiting for you. And they pulled the nets in, and the nets were about to break. Can I get a witness? And and the the Bible, the Bible says that uh, somebody recognized that it was Jesus. Peter jumped in the water and started swimming. And when they came to shore, Jesus. Had his own fish cooking on the coals. Probably whiting. Some porgies. I ain't never ate no salmon in South Philly. Ate them porgies, man. And we sitting at the dinner table. Ah! Get a piece of bread and some water. That's why I don't eat porgies a day. Too many bones. People go fishing. You want some fish? We got porgies. <laughs> Fun with that. That's the poor man's fish. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so we had the fish cooking. Probably fried catfish. Fried whiting. Without grease, the people perish. That ain't in the Bible, of course. So they came and they fell ship. And they went fishing. They failed. They, listen, they saw Jesus. He facilitated a fellowship, and everybody was happy. And here comes the surgery. Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, the these, depending on your theological scope, the these the probably was talking about the other disciples. Because Peter bragged, they all will forsake you, but I'll be with you. <sighs> Some say the these are the fishing business. Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter said, you know I love you. But you can't really discern what's being said until you go into the Greek. Peter, do you agape me? Sacrificial commitment as long as you live. Do you agape me? Peter said, I phileo you. Phileo, philadelphia, brotherly, love. No, 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 Peter. We're on two different wavelengths. Do you agape me? No, I phileo you. Okay. Do you phileo me? Yeah, I phileo you. Peter! that he did not have the love for Jesus that Jesus had for him. Now, I'm pausing purposely because we don't have the love for Jesus that Jesus has for us. Paul says that you may know the love of God. When you know the love of God, you don't walk around fractured and and, and feeling bad and messed all up in your mind when you know that you know that you know that Jesus love for you is greater than any love that ever existed I'll love you to the end I'll love you with an everlasting love I'll love you with a nurturing love I'll love you with a resurrection love I'll love you with a powerful love I'll love you with a Lord have mercy I will provide for you I'll never leave you I'll give you a peace and a power I'll give you a partnership that's the love of God that's in Christ Jesus not your last boyfriend not your last husband not the way your daddy dogged your mommy I, my love is different i'll be there when you need me when you fall i'll pick you up when you get lonely i'll be your partner can I get a witness when you know you're fearful and fractured and feel in some kind of way outside of a comfort uh, that you never had in your life before? Can I get a witness? One of our problems is we're looking for God's love in godless people. I'm getting out of your way, Doc. I'm going home and watch football. Can I get a witness? You have met some hook'em, crook'em? Come on now. You have met somebody that looks good on the outside but full of dead man's bones on the inside. You have met somebody that you can't confirm is even saved. Can I get a witness? They have no love for God. They have no service for God. They don't want nothing to do with God. And you trying to get them to love you. And if they don't love God, they won't love you. You better take this one home with you. If they're not sold out for Jesus, they ain't going to be sold out for you. Do I have a witness? See, it's the love of Christ that constraineth us. It holds everything together. When we get ready to break apart, it brings everything together. That's why Job could say, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Can I get a witness? When you experience the love of God, watch out. Satan getting out of the way, Doc. Weeping may endure for night. But joy will come in the morning. You start talking to yourself. Can I get a witness? And and we know that all things are being worked together for the good of them that love the Lord. And them who are called according to his purpose. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Can I get a witness? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see twas grace that taught my heart to fear. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. And when the devil comes at you with all of his accusations, you need to learn to sing back at him. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. finally, Jesus told Peter, Peter, when you are converted, when the Holy Ghost gets his hands on you, yeah, uh uh-huh. Some of us claim to have the word of God, but the word of God ain't got us. When the word of God gets you, can I get a witness? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Do I have a witness? Uh, That... This episode was surgery to get Peter and the seven disciples back to where they were supposed to be. Fractured, fearful, ah, hiding. We can hide behind some stuff, though. We can hide behind sports. We can hide behind clothes, we can hide behind positions, we can hide behind education, we can hide behind intelligence, we can hide so that the true you is never seen. Hmm. But your brokenness just gets worse. Because if nobody else knows you're broken, you know. Do I have a witness? You know you're broken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Finally, hiding, not hiding because of a deep dedication. Look at Philippians chapter 3 real quick as we close. Philippians 3, that's to your right. Paul, this is a spiritual chapter, Gary Tunstall. Paul is saying, verse 4, though I might also have confidence in the flesh as any other man thinketh He hath, let me start bragging, I was circumcised the eighth day uh of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Touching the law, I was a Pharisee, a lawyer. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. See, you got to give up something and lose it. Before you can get intimate with Jesus. It could be your pride. It could be your position. It could be, come on now. It could be something you got your heart on, but you got to give something up. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Can I get a witness? He started out with 70, 70 disciples, 58 turned back. Then he turned to the 12 and said, you also going to leave? And, and they said, where are we going to go? You're the one with the words of eternal life. Come on, come on. All right. yeah, yeah. It's not always convenient to follow Christ. You've got to give up something. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. What is it you got to give up? I'm glad you asked. Your will. You got to crucify your will. Not my will, but may thine will be done. God might ask you to drink some pain. God might suggest to you to take a back seat to your blessings or your dreams, but you got to give up something. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so he says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency, here it is, of the knowledge to know God, to know Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things that I may win Christ. It's an exchange program. Raymond Gordon, what are you going to give up to get closer to me? The answer might be everything. I'm going to give up everything, no camouflage, so I can be closer to my Christ. Uh, Paul says in verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that, here it is, I may know him. Gnusko is the greek word i may know him intimately i want to know christ intimately not not in, listen not instantly or increasingly intimately before you get intimate you got to stop hiding you got to take off the camouflage you got to lay down your rights before you get intimate with jesus you got to keep the principles can i get a witness uh, this thing is gets tight that I may know him and I, that I may know him personal pronoun that I may know his person. some people know of jesus they don 't know Jesus when you know his person, you know his principles, you know he 's able. Can I get a witness when you know his person, you know satan can 't hurt you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper when you know his person. You know your enemies, amen, have no jurisdiction over you. Uh, can I get a witness when you know his person that I may know him and the power of his resurrection? Now, let me stop pause apart. The there have been episodes in my life since I've been saved that God blew my mind with the power he gave me for the moment, power that didn't come out of me. power of persuasion power to keep going when I felt like giving up power not to throw the towel in power not to cuss somebody out oh this thing is getting tied up in here power God will come along and give you a power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable Unto his death, Uh, what do you mean being conformed unto his death? Well, his death took submission. Suffering took submission. Jesus told Pilate, I have power to lay my life down and I have power to take it up again. You're not taking my life from me. I'm giving my life. Can I get a witness? And and I don't know if you can envision this, but even on the hideous cross at Calvary, he was still controlling the universe with the telepathic messages of his mind because by him, all things consist. He, he was on the cross. He was bleeding. He was being spit upon. He was being smacked. Amen. But he was still God in charge of everything. Somebody said Satan didn't want him at the cross. Satan tried to keep him from the cross. Satan didn't want the blood to come down at the cross. Because at the cross and at the cross is where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart rolled away. Can I get a witness? When Jesus died, he died. He died. Before he died, he saved the thief. The thief said, remember me, remember that? And then Jesus dropped his head in the locks of his shoulder at 3 o'clock p.m. They put him up there at 9 a.m., And at 3 p.m., they rushed across and said, Get him down before six o'clock p.m., which is the next day, the Sabbath day. They had to get him off the cross. They put him in a borrowed tomb. Can I get a witness? And we just think he laid in the grave for three days and then got up. No, he didn't. The moment they put him in the grave. The Bible says he started walking through Sheol. He walked into hell. And the angel shot down into hell and quoted Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up to everlasting arms. Why? Because the king of glory shall come in. Some imps said, Who is this king of glory? Abraham was on the other side of Sheol. Abraham said, I'll tell you who he is. He's a city on a hill. Jeremiah said he's a bomb in Gilead. Ezekiel said he's a wheel in a wheel. Can I get a witness? Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. Then he had a nerve to preach to the spirits, 1 Peter 3, 8, that was in prison. The ones that got locked up in the book of Genesis around the time of the flood who kept not their first estate. They was locked up, and Jesus went to preach to them. And the sermon was, "I told you so." Yes, Can I get a witness? I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. I, 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 I was once dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Can I get a witness? Uh, Jesus is Lord, not uh, yeah, yeah, not Buddha, not. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. Jesus is God's Son. Jesus is the potentate of paradise. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is the beginning and the ending. Jesus, 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 Jesus and more Jesus. He's worthy. in the able. He's able. Isn't he able. He's able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. Or think he's able, but as I close, John 1:47 to 48. Don't turn. Jesus is starting his ministry out. He calls Philip. Then Philip runs home and gets Nathaniel. Nathaniel said, "Can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" Jesus said, "An Israelite indeed, with no gall." Can I get a witness? And Nathaniel said, "Where do you know me from?" Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. Do I have a witness? And and the Bible says, Nathanael said, you are truly the son of God and the king of Israel. Now, theologians go back and forth with this. They believe that under the fig tree, Nathanael was having some supernatural uh, thinking. And when Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree, I knew you before the fig tree. I knew you in eternity past. Jeremiah, I knew you before you went in your mother's womb. Can I get a witness? And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. How many of y'all seeing this? Jesus knew you before you knew him. He knew you when you was on your way to hell. He knew you when you was out in the world. He knew you when you was no good. He saw you. Can I get a witness? He redeemed you. He pulled you in. He put you on a street called straight. He put running in your feet and clapping in your hands and joy in your soul. Can I get a witness? And the least you can do is to praise his name. He's worthy. Any he worthy? Worthy. Them. I dare you to come out. I dare you to take off your fig leaves. I dare you to get naked before the Lord. I dare you to say, Lord, I want you to come in and fix my fracture. Lord, heal my history. Lord, heal my hurt. See you. What He'll heal you. When I get fearful, I'm tempted to put on a camouflage. When my feelings all messed up, I'm tempted to put on a camouflage. When I feel fractured, I'm tempted to put on a camouflage. But God says, no, 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 no. I see the real you. I know you. Be still, and know that I am God. Let's stay on our feet this morning. As every hit is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. Jesus wants to save you. He died for your sins and buried and rose again. But you have to ask him into your heart. Believe him, he died for your personal sins. Past, present, and future. Just raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. He says, you must be born again, John 3. In the day that you hear my voice, harden not your hearts. Is there one you want to give your life to Christ? Or you want to join the church in your Christian experience? We'd love to have you. We're not perfect, but we are forgiven. Is there one? Is there one? Father, help us as we make this transition into your Lord's Supper. Bring back to our remembrance the word remember. Help us to remember your person, your passion. Help us to remember your sacrifice on the cross. And on the third round of the Last Supper of wine, you instituted the Lord's Supper. You called it this cup. And God, as we celebrate the symbolic nature of your death, burial, and resurrection, the wafer being your body, the wine being your blood, Help us to do this in a worthily manner, discerning what we're doing. Forgive us of our sins, sanctify us, and bless our church. Bless every family in the sound of my voice as we remember your great work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Reach down and grab a flax. If you need help, raise your hands. The ushers, the deacons are here.